You are about to hear episode 165 of The Mystic Show. Welcome, everyone, to The Mystic Show. Thanks again to Richard Shulman for writing this beautiful piece that we're using as the Mystic Show theme music. It's actually just one part of a song called Flight, Richard Shulman. So I know on every single blog post on the website, we thank him and have a link to his site. So I'm your host, Chris Curran. And you're here, episode 165 of The Mystic Show. I actually just sat here for like almost seven minutes after I hit record. And I, I, well, I was actually waiting for the furnace to go off because I wanted to hit this Tibetan bowl that's in front of me. So I'm going to wait. I'm going to do that in a few minutes. But also I was kind of just getting in the mood to do The Mystic Show. That's one of the good things about the theme song is that it's, relaxing but it's also energetic it's not it won't put you to sleep i really like that about it so on this show we talk about spirituality and mindfulness and meditation and a lot of things otherworldly not everything otherworldly we talk about worldly stuff too the purpose of this show is for you and i to make progress on this spiritual path of Developing a higher awareness, higher consciousness, achieving higher states of awareness, a more pure spiritual condition. We release new episodes every Friday morning, and you can hear us as a podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio, and of course the website, themysticshow.net, themysticshow.net, and you can sign up for the behind-the-scenes emails I know a lot of you already have, but when you sign up for the behind the scenes email list, I'll send you a weekly email with some tidbits from behind the scenes, but also you get the audio project I made called Relax with Rumi. You get that free. It's pretty cool. And I'd like to thank Pause Your Life. They're our sponsor. They're our sister organization. Pause Your Life just turned three years old, by the way. And if you're ready to just stop the world and relax without any nagging tasks or responsibilities or anything, just want to press the pause button and be a human being, well, that's what Pause Your Life is for. Pauseyourlife.org is the website. And I'm really happy because we're about to have our first virtual meetup or meeting, I should say. So we've been doing the Pause Your Life meetups for over three years, and we've never done a virtual one. It's always been in person, and it's obviously in person is always way better for heartfelt discussions and deep conversation, right? We're going to do our first virtual Pause Your Life meetup 
It's going to be like a video conference. It's going to be cool. We only invited a select few people because we're kind of, we want to do it and figure out how to do it right. Because we, we want to do it right. We want to make sure the experience of the in-person Pause Your Life meetup is experienced virtually. So we don't just want to do it virtual because it's easy and, you know, make it not as good. It has to be as good as an in-person meeting or close. So that's what we're going to do very soon. And then once we figure that out, exactly how we want to do it, we will open it up to everyone, including you. And my wife and I hope you can join us on one of these virtual meetups. I want to give a quick hello to Carlton. Carlton, I got your voice message. Actually, I read it. I didn't listen to it yet, but um, I will call I will call you back. <laughs> and Carlton, by the way, is I think one of these people who has listened to literally every episode of The Mystic Show. I know he has, actually. I also want to say hi to Peggy from New Jersey who listened to a few of the recent episodes while she was at the gym. I think she binge listened to three episodes in a row. And of course, I want to thank Frank Deck and Christy from New Jersey as well. We had a nice pause your life call this past week. And also Kathy from here in Colorado Springs. Hey, Kathy. So I have a few things to talk about. I actually thought I was going to talk about the handout from the last pause your life meeting. But when I read it, mm, didn't grab me. It was about simplicity. So I may do a future episode on simplicity. But I had a thought I believe it was in the last Pause Your Life meetup we had here in Colorado Springs. There was some conversation going on, and this is after we do our famous universe box exercise and after some meditation. Then we have a handout, and we read it. We all read it together, and then we discuss it for a while. And, of course, the conversation goes in all different directions, and it's all good. But as I was sitting there sort of in a way, detached from the conversation, I was thinking that, you know, I am among enlightened beings. I just really felt like I was sitting there among these enlightened beings. And my experience changed the moment I had that thought. It got deeper. Or, I don't know how to say it. It just, the room took over a different energy. When I had the thought, I am among enlightened beings. And it works. I don't know if you've ever tried that. But the other thing is, it's true. Think about that. I mean, you are a divine being. You know that. I mean, on some level, you know that. And so when you meet other people and you think they're divine beings, it changes you. Changes your vibration, your attitude. The same way... If you met people and said, oh, all these people are losers or all these people are horrible people, (laughs) I mean, your experience would be terrible. You'd feel bad. You'd treat others badly. So spiritually speaking, having that thought that I am among enlightened beings, it's just, it just does something to you. Maybe you can try it in your life. Maybe when you're in a group or maybe even when you're at the supermarket Just look around and have the idea that everyone else in the supermarket is an enlightened being. It reminded me of this book I read a while back, probably 
at least five, six years. Well, six years ago. It was written by Stella Adler, and it's called The Art of Acting. And she was an acting teacher, I think in the 80s and 90s, or maybe the 70s as well. And she, I think it was after she passed away, they took some of her classes. I think they had recorded some of her classes and they transcribed it into a book. And to me, it was an amazing book. And I I haven't read it in a while, so I, I know I can't explain why it was such an amazing book. But I do know that the fundamental tenet of what she was teaching with regards to acting, and that's what I'm going to tell you now. So when you think of acting, like if I want to, you know, act like I'm anxious or worried or whatever, like we can all sort of pretend to act. And of course it doesn't look real. It's not, it doesn't work. Whoever, if someone's actually watching us and and wanting to see the act, they don't buy it. It just doesn't work for, for normal people. And the reason is, Stella Adler says, is because you don't picture anything different in your mind. You just move your body in the way that you think you should move your body, right? But her method, the core of her method, is to actually imagine your surroundings in great detail. So if you're supposed to be standing on a cliff, looking out into the ocean, longingly thinking of your love, right? I mean, Think about that. Try maybe try that in the mirror. I mean, you can try it, but eh. so her her core teaching is that you should picture your surroundings in great detail. So first, you might think about what you're wearing. You know, maybe you're wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Maybe it's summertime. And what about your shoes? What kind of shoes? What color? And then what about the ground? Is it grass or is it gravel? And this and that. And then is how high is the cliff? Like in detail, exactly how high is the cliff and how, what's behind you, what's right behind you and what's to the sides of you. And what about the ocean? What's the ocean look like? Is it blue or green or in the middle or is, is it rough, big waves, small waves? And then look up in the, and in the sky, what about the clouds and what about the wind and everything? And when you actually use your imagination, which is one of your six mental muscles, and you imagine all these things in that much detail, it's like you enter that world, and then when you're quote-unquote acting, it's almost like you're not really acting because you sort of almost believe that you're there. So there's none, none of the self-consciousness and weird feeling of trying to act a certain way. You just, when you picture that much detail, you just, you're enveloped with this atmosphere that you're creating and you just act naturally for that, for those surroundings. And I, it seems to me that it definitely works. I know I tried it back then in terms of um, not really acting cause I wasn't acting, but as far as speaking from the stage, you can actually envision certain details and really step into that role and get a lot of confidence by envisioning all those details. So it's an interesting technique. And I think that's what I was doing when I was sitting in the group and I had the idea that I am among enlightened beings, 
right? And you can even look at people. You can look, look in the area of their heart and just imagine there's divinity in there, like a, like a, a light, but not a physical light, like a spiritual light. And it's there and it's pure. So I thought that was a great thought. It actually, you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of other thoughts you can have too. You know, I am among enlightened beings. That's one. And it's not even, I mean, I guess technically it might be an affirmation, but it's not really an affirmation. It's something I just thought and it changed my experience. And it was, it was in a way humbling. I think humbling is an accurate way to describe that. That's right. Because, you know, the other thought I had was that I can learn so much from each one of these people. I remember having that thought too, that I am, it's, think about like if you were in a room with like, you know, the Buddha, Jesus, and all, just a bunch of spiritual masters in one room and you're there with them. You would have this feeling like, oh my God, like I'm, you would just feel it. You'd be like, wow, I'm learning and feeling so much from these people. And that's how I felt (laughs) in the group I was in. And again, it's true. I think it's true. I think there's something you, we can learn from every other person. And not just knowledge, mental knowledge. I'm talking about vibration. There's something, there's some core vibration in people that we can, that resonates with us on a deeper level. I don't know if I'm making sense. I think I, I, think I am. Um, another thought I had recently was about hypotenuses like remember in geometry when we studied triangles and you have a right triangle which has a 90 degree angle in the corner and the third side of the triangle the long side is called the hypotenuse and I was in one of these local parks here in Colorado Springs this past weekend with my wife we went hiking on this these new set of trails that we had never been on before. It was pretty cool. Very cool. Took some pictures. And we went off the main trail at one point to just look out over this. It was like a, not a cliff, but like a small overhang, like a small cliff. And we looked and we took pictures. And then as we were walking back to the main trail, my wife literally walked at a 90 degree angle straight to the main trail and then took a right. And then started walking on the main trail. Well, she was in front of me. But as she walked straight toward the trail, I veered to the right because there was like a little mini trail. It was like a hypotenuse. (laughs) It like cut to the right. And so I walked on that. And I actually, by the time I got to the main trail, I was ahead of her. Right? Because she had to walk straight and then take a right turn and whatever. So I cut the corner, basically. Think about it that way. And I thought, hey, I just walked on the hypotenuse. And I was thinking, you know, that's a shortcut. And another example of a shortcut is a wormhole in space. The, the theoretical wormhole in space where if you go through the wormhole, you might end up in some other galaxy without having to travel a zillion miles. You might only have to travel a hundred miles, but because of the wormhole, you're over there. So that got me thinking about spiritual shortcuts. 
on our spiritual journey, are there really shortcuts or not? At first, I thought, yes, there are. I mean, there's definitely some tricks and techniques we can utilize, like the one I mentioned earlier. I'm among enlightened beings. You know, that'll change your consciousness. Well, is that a shortcut to changing your consciousness? Yeah, I guess. So maybe on a on a smaller scale, yes, we can take little shortcuts here and there. Now, the question is, can we take a shortcut to our ultimate goal, which is whatever it is, the highest consciousness available to human beings, like the highest spiritual level, the most pure level. Like we don't even know what it is because your mind can't handle that. (laughs) Your mind can't handle the truth. (laughs) Um, So I think in the big picture, meaning can I become an enlightened being, you know, in five seconds? Well, maybe, I don't know, (laughs) but I have a feeling no, because we have so far to go. You know, we have so many parts of our character that we need to purify and change, you know, our personality, you know, our personality is something we identify with so much, but it's, it's not real. In fact, I think the word persona or one of the parts of the words persona from personality is from, I believe the Greek or Latin, and it means mask. So our personality is just a mask, right? We know that deep down in our hearts, we're a very sensitive, loving being. We just are, but we put on this personality. So part of the spiritual journey is is uh, dissolving that personality or toning it down or tempering it or something, right? It's interesting. I Today has been a long day and I'm not... And I'm happy about it because I recorded a lot of podcasts today. And on one of the shows I do, it's called the Profit First Podcast. I do it with Mike Michalowicz and his assistant, Christina. And we were doing the show today and Christina related the story because we were talking about being humble and giving, right? That's it. Because the episode was with Bob Berg. This guy, Bob Berg, he wrote a book called The Go-Giver. You may have heard of it. Not the go-getter, the go-giver. How if we give, we'll get. (laughs) Anyway, we're talking about giving and humility. And Christina related the story about her childhood and her grandmother when they didn't have a lot of money and they didn't have hardly any food in the house. They literally had one apple left and the grandma was cutting up the apple and Christina was like, I forget what she said. It was like, is there enough or can I have some? And her grandmother said to her, sharing it with you is way better than just having it for myself. And that's our nature deep down, I think. We do want to share things. We do want to bond with other people in a real way. And this personality we have in life just kind of overshadows all that. It's like a haze around our aura or whatever. So is there a shortcut to dissolving your personality? 
I don't know. I think there's methods that are better than other methods. That's for sure. So, I mean, if you do nothing, you know, if you don't meditate, you don't read book, you don't do anything. (laughs) Well, clearly that's not as effective as if you did meditate and did read books and did study under a capable spiritual guide and take the advice of someone who has achieved a lot or I should say attained a high consciousness and spirituality. So we can do things that'll bring us to our goal much more quickly. And one of the examples is from Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, which is a 2,500-year-old document written by Patanjali, and he talks about yoga. And he mentions that Raja Yoga is the straightest way, straightest path to the ultimate goal is Raja Yoga. That's yoga of the mind. And that's actually what made me find the Sahaj Marg practice that I practice. And I still practice it, and I help teach it as well. So Raja Yoga is the most direct path to the goal. So that's good. That's why I wanted to do it, actually. I thought, why am I going to mess around? So there are methods that will get us there more quickly. And another point is that we should really start soon or now. (laughs) When would now be a good time to start meditating? (laughs) That's a (laughs) Tony Robbins phrases some questions that way. When would now be a good time to start your spiritual practice in earnest? It's funny, right? And on another podcast episode I did today with Mike Michalowicz and Christina, he mentioned a friend he had who was a smoker and he kept, he couldn't quit smoking. He just kept smoking and smoking. And then he got cancer of his uh, voice box. They had to remove his voice box, and now he can't talk. And of course, when he came back from the hospital after having his voice box removed, he never smoked again. And it's like, well, that's a little bit late. So in our lives too, we have to try to find some wisdom within ourselves that says, hey, I should start this now. (laughs) I mean, life doesn't last forever. Think about the last 10 years, how fast they went by for you. I mean, gone. So if we feel like we want to start down a certain path, we need to start down that path. We need to start running down that path because we don't have time. We really don't have time. We we don't want to end up like the smoker who lost his voice box. You don't want to end up as an old person someday where you don't have the energy or the inclination to meditate to achieve anything, then you're done. You just got to give up and, and whatever happens, happens. So we can start now and we can use the most effective method, which you maybe could consider a shortcut. I mean, I mean, the word shortcut is not necessary. That's just an idea. And it's not like you're trying to cheat the system or anything because nature won't let you cheat her system. You know, that's why meditation is so important because without meditating and having experience meditating, a lot of experience, you just can't reach the levels of consciousness that are higher and higher and higher. 
You just can't. It's like thinking you're going to grab a basketball, go down to the court, practice for an hour, and then start a career as a basketball player. Go right to the NBA and be a star. Are you kidding? These kids are playing basketball since five years old, and then by the time they make the pros, they're 21, 22. They've spent their whole life playing basketball. I mean, you agree that if, if you thought you could go practice for one hour and then become a professional basketball player, that's crazy. It's even more crazy to think that, oh, I can just read a book here or there and eh, maybe close my eyes for five minutes once a month and I'm, I'm on the spiritual path. Well, we're all on, on the spiritual path, technically. <laughs> but what method are you using? How fast are you traveling? What's your momentum? Another thought I had was about being vulnerable. You know, I've met a few people recently who were kind of arrogant and just, I don't want to say know-it-all, but it's just the vibe you get from people. They're kind of like arrogant and they know better than you and they kind of trash talk some people. And I don't know, it's just the the way some people are. I mean, I was probably that way for sure. Thank God I evolved out of that. But it's just an energy people have, right? It's just an energy of, of that. And I thought of being vulnerable, how important it is to put ourselves in positions where other people will absolutely have the opportunity to criticize you. <laughs> So a lot of times in this life, doing the right thing and helping other people or doing something out of the goodness of your own heart, you put yourself in a position to be criticized and all this. I mean, it's happened to me so many times where with a meditation group, I try to come up with a program and develop material and plan some different activities to do. And I spend a lot of time preparing because I want it to be a good program. I want people to go through the program and, and benefit. But sometimes, well, most of the time, everything goes well. Every, everybody loves it. Everything goes well. Everything's good. Sometimes, I don't know why, some of the people or most of the people, they just they push back. They don't want to do the exercise or they don't do it right or they don't undertake it with the right energy. And... I know I, in the past I've gotten frustrated, like, you know, it, I didn't say it out loud, but it's like, you know what? I'm trying to help. And I've worked on this a lot. I've put in a lot of time and effort here (laughs) and, but people don't, they don't take it the right way. They don't value it. They don't value my effort. They don't even see my intention or feel my energy of my intention. And I don't expect them to either. My point is that when I, when that has happened to me, I feel terrible. I feel like, why am I trying to help people? People don't want to be helped. They don't care. (laughs) But what did I do? I put myself out there. I I was vulnerable to that criticism. And sometimes I got a lot of criticism. (laughs) But if I never put myself out there, then I would never learn on the next level. Because learning... 
Learning for yourself is one thing. Learning by teaching others is another thing. And learning by being a leader is another thing. And these are the steps in the staircase that we take on our journey. I believe on the spiritual journey, we should all become teachers. Well, I know we all can't be teachers, but I think individuals who really want to learn about spirituality and incorporate it into their life after practicing for a while and learning from others, it's just natural to help others or teach others. And that doesn't mean you quit your own practice, right? You still have to do your own practice for yourself, but then you can help other people. So being vulnerable and not building up a wall. Are you familiar with that Pink Floyd album called The Wall, which was one of the most brilliant albums ever created, ever recorded, ever written? It's all about how we can build a wall around ourselves and it's for security, <laughs> to keep the other people out, to be safe, to not get hurt. But the paradox is that when you build a wall to keep others out, <laughs> then that means you can't go out. <laughs> You're trapping yourself. I don't know. Being vulnerable takes confidence, I think. And I've seen it recently with people who are starting their, their new podcast show. They're hosting a podcast for the very first time. It's like speaking on stage for the first time. I don't know if you've ever spoken in front of people, but the first time, it's rough. <laughs> There's some anxiety there, you know. It's just natural. It happened to me. I went through, I joined Toastmasters. This was, geez, 2009, 2008. And they do it right, though. They give you a little manual, and you have to give 10 speeches over time. And they're short, and they're easy. And you know what? After the fifth one or sixth one, I felt fine. I didn't mind getting up and doing it. So I had to get over that initial nervousness of speaking. But if I wasn't, if I didn't put myself into a vulnerable situation, what was the, the fear? The fear was, okay, I get up there to do my first speech and it's horrible and I, I'm humiliated. So I was vulnerable to that, but I just did it anyway. And I know in your life, you've done things. You've put yourself into a vulnerable situation. Building up a wall is like strengthening our personality, wearing a thicker mask, and it shuts everyone else out. It shuts you in. That breaks the flow of life, right? There's a natural flow of life. I mean, life isn't comfortable 100% of the time. We have to try new things and we have to fall on our face and get up and keep going. The cool thing is that after you do that a few times, then you don't mind. Okay, I fell on my face. So what? Get up. That's it. You just get up. Okay, fine. Okay, I made a fool of myself. Fine. Okay, I did a bunch of work to provide a program to a lot of people and they didn't appreciate it. Okay, fine. So what? <laughs> it's not the end of the world. So being vulnerable, being humble. And by the way, people who are arrogant, and this was Bob Berg who said this on today's Profit First podcast. 
He said, people who are arrogant are covering up something. They're just being arrogant to show off and to puff themselves up like they're big and strong and tough, and, but really underneath they're insecure or they're fearful or both. Or maybe there's other negative emotions that are there causing this arrogance. So being humble is, I won't say it's not easy, but it takes a, like a calm confidence to be humble where you know your strengths. You might know your strengths, but, but you don't flex your muscles often. Sometimes you have to. <laughs> so, well, oh, I didn't even hit my crystal bowl. Let me do that. All right. So this is the um, actual, it's not a crystal bowl. It's a Tibetan bowl, a singing bowl, if you will. And this is the actual one that we use in our Pause Your Life meetup in Colorado Springs. Uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna hit it right now. I'm going to put it near the mic. I hope it's not too loud, but it has a really nice tone. Yeah, and it rings for a while too. It's pretty cool. The one we have in New Jersey is actually a crystal bowl. It's big too. It's like, I don't even know, 16-inch diameter, 18-inch diameter. It's pretty big. So I hope you found some of these concepts helpful. I don't know. I felt like I was rambling today. Maybe I wasn't as prepared as normal, but... I think the topics were pretty interesting. I mean, the real stuff happens to me and real thoughts and real experiences. So that's kind of all I'm sharing with you guys. You can share with me what you're going through too. I know you, for instance, Carlton, I know you're driving around all day. You're th having thoughts. You can write them down. You can comment on this post. Or you can just call me again. <laughs> so have a great day. Have a great week. I'm happy you listened to The Mystic Show. I'm really happy to do it. And until next time, as always, keep shining. Keep shining.